Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Callan FM. With me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. And this week, Greg's have been in the news again. So it was this time last year we were talking about the vegan sausage roll. Is it a year already? It is. Now it's the vegan steak bake, another vegan pastry product that's available. Plus the announcement of an additional staff bonus on account of having had a phenomenal year. And it's quite a generous bonus, isn't it? I think it's an extra £300. For everybody. Yeah. So um, at the other end of the scale, uh, John Lewis Partnership have forecast significantly lower profits for last year and their Christmas sales fell. So they are going to be discussing at a board meeting whether they're going to pay an annual staff bonus or not. It might not seem like such a big thing. However, it would be the first time since 1953 that they haven't paid a oh bonus, gosh. if that's the case. We also learn that the top CEOs earn the average UK annual salary in the space of a mere 33 hours, earning 117 times more than the average UK worker. But this week, our topical discussion uh, is about something that's very January, <laughs> and that's uh, gyms. And the but business. not terribly feb- febru- February. Not necessarily February. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the car parks uh, outside a gym in January, you can see it's, it's considerably busier. So the business of gyms, and um, obviously this is prompted by the fact that a lot of people join a gym and um, sparked by their New Year's resolutions. But I dug out this report, uh, the 2019 State of the UK Fitness Industry Report, which was really interesting. And it revealed that the UK health and fitness industry is healthier than it's ever been. There are more gyms, more members, and there's a greater market value than ever before. And so that's why we thought we'd talk about gyms. Heather, are you a member of a gym? Uh, I'm not this year, no. Um, but you've been running every day, haven't you? I've, yes, I've gone back to my running. So I'm doing run every day in January. I'm just doing a mile a day to get me back into it. Um, but I started running three years ago. No, two years ago. But the year before that, I had had a gym membership. Um, but I got to the point where I thought, actually, instead of paying for the gym membership, I used to cycle to the gym, go to the gym, swim, do whatever, come back. Well, why don't I just run to the gym? If I and run, run to the back gym and back, that's in. two miles. So, um, so yes, yeah, so thank him. Yeah, so that saved me a lot of money, which I could then spend on goodies. That, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think it. January, we know that January is 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 a big take up time, and it, you know we're full of good intentions. But from the gym business point of view, I suppose that's when they they are most cash rich, because people are buying, and then you know maybe tailing off and if you're paying on a monthly subscription okay if people don't pay up front you know if you've got three months if you've got six months it must be really difficult to to budget as an organization when people are going to tail off i guess there are trends yeah it's not like you can have a bigger building in january and then make it smaller as the year goes on no or less staff well i suppose you could lay off staff yeah so let, let's have a look at some of the key stats. Um, according to this report, we're looking at the number of fitness facilities in the UK being 7,239 this year, which is, is up around uh, uh, 200 from last year. Membership of gyms, 10.4 million of the UK, and that's a growth of nearly 5% on last year. 
And it's the market is actually valued at £5.1 billion. Pounds. That's uh, really impressive. Um, just so you know, the State of the UK Fitness Industry Report is compiled um, from a review of the UK fitness industry. Involves individual contact with all sites, so it's a very comprehensive review. And um, that sort of sparked us to, to look into gyms in general. So what did you find out, Heather? Well, one of the things that, um, that emerged from, I found, I've found stats similar to, to those that, you, that you've quoted. Um, but, but one thing that seems to have been happening is the idea of low-cost memberships. And what's been emerging is, once upon a time, gyms were usually attached to a hotel. Then they started being freestanding in town centres or, you know, in in, um, in residential air, urban areas. But now they seem to be moving out to retail parks and industrial parks. Yeah, where you can park. Where you can park, yes. Um, and then, um, there's certainly one here in Wrexham, and, and you see them around and about, the unmanned gyms. Yeah, so like Pure Gym. Pure Gym, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that is one of the, um, the biggest um, companies, the um, gym companies in the UK. Pure Gym and GLL are the leading private and public operators of gyms. Well, when gyms, unless you were a serious athlete, of course, but uh, when gyms as, as a leisure activity first started, it was mostly a leisure, you know, a leisure club with a bit of gym equipment. And now the, the shift has gone from, um, so there'll be a pool and a sauna and all of the usuals and then a little gym. Then it got to more gym and the pools and saunas. And now... You have a, a pure gym. You don't get a pool. You don't get a sauna. You're just going there to work out. Uh, so that and that makes it more accessible and more affordable for more and more people. Uh, which, when you think that we're supposed to be uh, growing, literally <laughs> in <laughs> width proportions, widthways, yeah, the fact that more and more people are taking up exercise. Is and those gyms you mentioned, a lot of them are open 24-7 yeah. as well, so they cater for all different needs. If you're a shift worker or if you've yeah. got a, a family and you need to get all the family stuff done and then you go out. So yeah. um, I think it is making it far more accessible. One thing that I, I wanted to look at is I was thinking, well, when, when did this all start? Because, you know, the idea of a gym would have just been the preserves of, you know, really rich people. When did it become normal for for us to regular people to be involved in gym activities and i found an article that that cites a guy called jerry morris to be the the man who invented exercise wow okay he's <laughs> a scot he died at the age of 99 um and he helped found in 1948 the medical research council's social medicine unit which is where they started to look at the relationship between exercise and coronary heart disease. Um, and and from then, it sort of built and became a thing. So I'm sure he's not the only person, <laughs> but, um, but it was very much about cardiac rehabilitation uh, and, and the correlation between the two rather than weight or because I, I don't think in 1948 obesity was such the issue that it, it has become now. Uh, mainly because there wasn't a lot of food around. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. It had to start somewhere, and I wasn't sure where it started. That's really interesting, isn't it? Um, also, there's the e-health aspect of it. So not everybody wants to go out to a, an mm. actual physical gym. Mm. And I found some figures uh, to say that 11 million 
users of e-health fitness apps and stuff yeah. uh, exist in the UK. And the most popular brand for fitness tracker is the Fitbit. Yeah. And 9% of UK adults uh, use a wearable device. Do you Only 9%? Only 9%. I'm surprised at that. And um, the most downloaded health and fitness app on Google Play Store, what do you think that one is? I want to say Couch to 5K. My Fitness Pal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because um, it's got the, the food diet, tracking food as well. and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, and I have have used that. Yeah, I have as well. So that's gyms in an, in a nutshell. One one thing that I that I also looked at, which I thought was really interesting, going back to that whole when did this all start, and. The gym thing is one thing, but the but the, the fitness industry is another. Um, the 25 biggest fitness fads of all time. So thinking about how people oh, yeah. monetize these things. So do you remember ages ago, pop mobility? You know, that would be in the school, <laughs> you know, and you'd go in your leotard and you'd move around to music. Then we went to step aerobics, Jane Fonda's step. Oh, wow, yes. Um, then something called Taibo, which is a... Pass me by that one. Taekwondo and boxing combined. Roller skating. The Wii Fit, boot camps, Zumba, Pilates, juicing, and now Couch to 5K. And those are all, people have built businesses on the back of those. So if you want to monetize fitness, you need to be the next Couch to 5K. You're listening to the business community on Calon FM. And this is a section where we look at other news and other stuff that we found out what's going on in the world of business around us. And I found an article in People Management, which uh, sort of highlights the fact that recruitment and retention is still an issue for the UK workplace. And um, there was a poll by investors in people of 2,000 employees, and they found that more than half of UK workers are considering finding a new job in the coming year. 24% had already started job hunting, and 32% were considering changing jobs but hadn't yet started to look. And it's, I think some of the things that people highlighted as being an issue... Actually, if you, you pay a bit of an int- attention as an employer and make some changes, it's not it's not rocket science anyway. So 23% were unhappy in their current role, and that's up 10% from last year. 65% were suffering from Sunday night blues. Mm. 28% were satisfied with levels of pay. 23% not feeling valued, and 18% with lack of career progression. So I think... One easy thing that you could do to help your retention is to show more appreciation. Say Which costs thank you. nothing. Cost you nothing, and yet you could appeal to twenty three percent of those people, um, and and actually help them to feel more valued in their work. Also, rather sadly, seventy six percent of the people polled had felt stressed in the last six months, and it rose to eighty percent um, if you just looked at women. And 47% said they would rather have a friendly workplace than a pay rise. And again, making sure that you've got the right culture in your workplace doesn't cost you so much. It's pointless throwing extra money at it if what they want is a nice place to work. Mm -hmm. It's a real food for thought. And I think a lot of businesses are struggling with recruitment and retention. Going to really need to start paying attention to some of the... The, the things that people are talking about here, it's not necessarily about giving people more money. Although that always helps, it's not the uh, be-all and end-all. 
And also, this is the time of year when pay reviews are conducted, appraisals are conducted, and if they don't go according to bonuses are awarded, paid. So if they don't go according to plan, um, as an organisation, if you don't manage that well, then yeah, it can you suffer leave from the new change. year, new me. Yeah, right. It's time to make a change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those thirty-two percent who are considering changing but not yet looking. They're the ones start that yeah, you need yeah. to convert them before they move to the to the dark side. OK, I um, I found an article um, about Finland who are um, looking to introduce to make it a national initiative that the working week is a four day week uh, and that the working day would be a six hour day. Yeah. Uh, and this is not only um, considered that it will boost productivity, but it will also cut carbon emissions because everything will be done much more efficiently and within a... And we, we've talked about this on the show before, haven't yeah. we? I mean, most yeah. recently with the experiment that was done at Microsoft in Japan. Yeah. And they showed how much better productivity was as a result of yeah. reducing the working week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in Microsoft, they it was four-day week and pro- productivity shot up by about 40%. That's not to be sniffed at. That's not like 3% or 5% or even 10%. This is okay... And now I imagine that you might get a bit of um, tail off, you know, after a period of time when it becomes the norm. But actually, I don't think you can ignore um, 40 percent. A tail off from 40 percent is still going to be significant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then one of the other things that I found was um, that TravelX, the the money people, they have actually been um, held ransom by hackers um, yeah, and it's, and it's ransomware, isn't it? Ransomware, yeah. yes, yeah. And it's had a really um, not only the the inconvenience and the hassle, but it's actually had an impact on the staff because the staff are feeling that they're that they're less the organisation is less than robust and and le- it, it's t- tainted the credibility of the organisation through no fault of their own. But it's also made staff ask questions. Mm. So we we normally just think about the financial implications. Yeah. And not the the impact on staff morale, um, but it seems that it is having an impact on on the people who work within the organisation. And is that bit because of the way they handled it? I mean, they kept it quiet for they, quiet yes, for they quite did. a while. Yes, didn't they? yeah. I think reading between the lines, I think it's a combination of wow, how has that happened to our organisation? Because we're all working really hard to make sure that these things don't happen, um, and then the fact that it was, and I don't want to say pushed under the carpet, but it was they. I think they were thinking it was going to go away and clearly it hasn't. And Uh, I think that how you handle it can have a massive difference because we talked about uh, the Norwegian uh, aluminium manufacturer that that was hacked with ransomware last year and their share price actually went up as a result of how they handled and, the whole crisis. And that we've talked about this so many times. It's not what happens, it's the way that you deal with it. And that's, you know, that's that's really significant. Uh, Go on. Okay, so CES 2020, uh, the tech show happening in Las Vegas. I'm I'm waiting to um, share with you some of the weird and wonderful things that have been happening there. But I just thought I would mention um, artificial intelligence, 5G foldables, surveillance tech, 8K and robotics. All set to be... 8K? Yeah. 
I don't know. Um, but if, there's a really nice article on the BBC. I won't go into full detail because it's, it's quite a long article. But if you want to read it in full and see what, what they're predicting uh, is, is going to be the big tech of the year, they, they look at sections such as smart home, televisions, robots and AI, uh, transport, health and wearables. And some of the stuff I read there was just mind-boggling. So we'll put a link for that on our website so you can go and have a read yourself. And if anything notable comes out of that exhibition, then we'll share it with you next week. Also, Samsung, talking of foldables, they've announced that they're going to introduce new innovative devices. And they're going to do that on the 11th of February. They're going to unveil what is thought to be a new foldable phone as a new version of its flagship S model. And they did do a little bit of a teaser image. It hinted at two types of phone, one shaped like a square and one that was rectangular. But stay tuned for the 11th of February at 11am Pacific time. It will be live streamed to see what they've got to offer. And finally, from me, uh, Amazon is considering opening bricks and mortar stores in Germany, which is its second biggest market after the United States. Um, it's uh, one of their uh, Amazon's uh, senior officials said uh, that the fact is we know that customers like shopping offline and they like variety. So they're... they're um, sort of following on from what they've already experimented in the US and in Britain. They've got the Whole Foods grocery chain and the checkout free Amazon Go food stores. And they also said in the same press release that they want to push shopping via Alexa more this year as well. And that they're selling the Echo Dot at a low price to encourage widespread adoption. I have to admit that I took advantage of that and bought one for my mother um, I thought that uh, it was probably time that she had one, but I hadn't thought about her doing her shopping on it. But I guess that's yeah, yeah, that's moving with the times, isn't it? Exactly. I guess. So, yep, that's all we've um, got in other news um, today. But if you want to read any of those links, then do go to our website. You can see our podcast and the blog, and uh, you can click on any of the links that Heather's put there for you. The website is thebusiness.community. This is the discovery section of the show and at the beginning of a new year we're all full of good intentions and looking for great ideas to improve productivity and um, and just generally be amazing. Um, and I dropped into my email box uh, this week was an email from the Einstein marketer who I've mentioned in the past um, and they often have free downloads etc and I thought this one looked really interesting so it's a pdf download and it's um it's called the facebook ad copy cheat sheet in, and it includes 15 templates and basically what it what it does is it it talks it gives you these different templates for different scenarios but it also talks about the types of language the types of verbs that you should use power verbs they call them to get people engaged with your copy. Um, they spend a lot of money themselves on Facebook advertising. Um, but to give you an example, they say, okay, so the first template is, um, let's start with something that should be a staple of your social media advertising campaigns. Um, the, so it shows you the, the template. So it says, 
pain point as a question, benefit, authority slash social proof, benefit, urgency. And then it gives you an example. Killing yourself at the gym, but struggling to build better arms. That's your pain point. Product X targets your arms, building muscles two times faster with half the effort. That's the benefit. Trusted and used by over 5,000 happy, huge muscle customers. That's the authority (laughs) social proof. Be stronger than you've ever been is the benefit. Product X is selling fast. And when they're gone, they're gone. Get yours now and see real results before we sell out. That's the urgency. So they sounds good. And so it's kind of idiot proof. Do you know what I mean? And and, and as you, well, I found it. It appealed to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it has different scenarios. So then it will have, I don't know if, uh, what we got here. Um, Our 25% off sale ends at midnight tonight. Join our legion of 25,000 plus happy customers who can't stop coming back for more. This deal, deal ends in just a few hours. Don't put it off. Act now or forever pay full price. So it starts to give you, you know, when you're sat with a blank piece of paper thinking, I think I need to put something out there, but I don't really know. Yeah. what or where to start it's a good well, start well yeah these templates i think really get you thinking creatively so as i say and even uh, if you don't end up with something that's exactly like the template started you've got started it's not a blank page is it, it it's not and it's always easier i always say it's easier to red pen somebody else's work than it is to start from a blank page yeah but then one of the most valuable bits um is the advertising power verbs so it gives you when you want to just use different lingo you know so it's got i don't know snowball intertwine engage wrench bust capture mimic rise revolve all of these different things that are all very positive power verbs yeah um so well worth a look at um that's uh einstein marketer and it's their facebook um template lead magnet and i'll make sure there's a link to that on the blog Excellent. Well, I spotted something um, that was advertising fair trade fortnight that's coming up. So it was calling out to people to help them with their campaign. And uh, fair trade fortnight, you've got plenty notice. It's Monday, the 24th of February to Sunday, the 8th of March this year. And they're continuing their mission to make sure that all farmers are paid fairly for their work and able to earn a living income. And their focus at the moment is on cocoa farmers in West Africa. And even if you're not a fair trade type organisation, it it did get me thinking as to, you know, could you link in with this? Is there any interest? But particularly, I liked some of the materials that they've got. So the goal of last year's, but new for this year, is something called a story bomb. What's that? So this is where they will send you um, the resources to create these story bombs. Five envelopes with five stories in and these are inspiring stories about women who are working as cocoa farmers and some of these inspiring stories they're asking you to pop in the envelope and then to hide each envelope in different places where people will find them and then um, you can then post clues for it on social media with hashtag she deserves and they want what they want is for people to find the stories and read them and understand the campaign and then want them to then ultimately choose fair trade products every time they shop so that's the idea i thought that was a, a really idea. nice idea yeah. yeah and and that got me thinking okay so 
you may or may not be an organisation that can work alongside this. You might want to do it as an individual. But there are lots of other things that are happening in the UK that you can get involved in, you can piggyback on, you can use for inspiration for your own marketing and promotions and and just start thinking about what's going on. But obviously, if it's something that's happening next week and you're only hearing about it in the news the week before, you don't really have time to prepare. So I found a fabulous resource and it's on ccsbestpractice.org.uk so consider it construction uh, website okay but there it was and it's a list of events throughout the year and I've gone from February through to June with just a, a selection of them for you and it's a really good resource we will put the link on our website at the business doc community but um it's got a little description And then it's got a link to the actual website for the campaign so you can find out more. So what types of things are on the list? So um, 4th of February, World Cancer Day. So are you going to do a health promotion in work? Or do you have a a business that is involved in in the cancer um, sort of campaigns as well? If you've got something that you can add into that. Or Time to Talk Day, It's it's on the 6th of February. And that's a campaign that aims to stop people being too afraid to talk about their experiences because they fear it will affect their jobs or relationships. But even just as a just as a title time to talk, even if you don't employ people or you employ very few people, you could have you could offer a drop in coffee and cake. You know, it's time to talk day on whatever. April 6th of February. 6th of February. Um, we're here to come and talk yeah. to us. You know, well, we're talking about retention and recruitment mm. and helping your staff to feel valued. These are quite simple things yes. that you can piggyback on. And if you click on the links, you can perhaps even find resources to help you to get involved in that. So we're looking also then for the whole of March as a campaign organised by Calm. It's called the Sides of March. And it's encouraging men to grow sideburns to raise money and also raise awareness of male suicide prevention. Then we've got... Um, Looking in- forward to seeing some of those side- men with sideburns that don't normally Ooh. have them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit shocking when you see the moustaches, isn't it? Yeah, especially when they're just starting. You know, you think, have they just forgotten to shave or are they actually growing a moustache? <laughs> um, then there's obviously International Women's Day. There's all sorts of events and, and um, social, economic, cultural, political events going on um, around International Women's Day. That's on the 8th of March. We've got the Great British Spring Spring, the spring Clean. It's oh. difficult to say when you've got a cold and a cough sweet oh. in your mouth, that is. And it's an event organised by Keep Britain Tidy, which is looking at hashtag litter heroes across the country to help improve their local environment. So if you want to raise the profile of your business locally, maybe you get your staff going out and doing a litter pick in the local area. Which is a team activity, which again yeah. it adds. There's there's lots of wins in lots of different directions for these things. Seventh um, of April, World Health Day, and the day folks are on raising awareness of health issues, and this year mainly focusing on issues surrounding depression. That's the seventh of April. Uh, we have Deaf Awareness Week, the fourth to the tenth of May. Mental Health Awareness Week, 18th to the 24th of May. Learning at Work Week. The event is run by the Campaign for Learning and it invites workplaces across the country to mark the importance of learning and development. 
I should remember that one. You, you certainly should. 18th to the 24th of May, Heather. Thank you. Okay. And uh, we've got June Child Safety Week, an annual campaign run by the Child Accident Prevention Trust to raise, raise awareness of risks of child accidents and how they can be prevented. We've got Volunteers Week from the 1st to the 7th of June. So if you're involved with an organisation that perhaps provides a workforce that can go out and volunteer in the local community, you can perhaps get on the back of this. We've got Men's Health Week from the 15th to the 21st of June. Uh, Clean Air Day on the 18th of June. And we'll finish with the International Women in Engineering Day on the 23rd of June. Yeah, there's lots of things. There's a lot to think. There. Yeah, if if you're just thinking of, even if you're thinking of uh, social media content, yeah, something about relevant. your business, yep. make it relevant to that actual week. If you're writing a press release, this is going to be in the news that week. Piggyback it on the back yep. of that. Get involved in some of these things. Make a difference. Not only can you make a difference, but you can also help to raise your profile in a positive way and raise raise the attitude and, and sense of well-being of your staff as well. It's a win-win, as they say, isn't it? Absolutely. So we'll put a link for, for that list because that's the best list I've come across so far. Uh, and that's on ccsbestpractice.org.uk. The link will be on our website, thebusiness.community. This is the business community on Calon FM, and this week the lady that uh, we've chosen to profile has actually made me feel rather old. <laughs> <laughs> A lovely lady called Grace Beverly. She's twenty-two, and uh, she went to Oxford after getting some rather good A levels at uh, St Paul's Girls School in West London, and uh, she's what you would call a social media influencer. And she earns money through partnerships with brands, which pay them to advertise their product. Not a lot is known about her finances at the moment. She's very much an emerging entity. But she's been in the news reasonably recently because she's also launched uh, gym wear. And one of the biggest fashion trends in the UK is gym wear. And the market is expected to be in the region of seven billion pounds over the next five years so there's a lot of people a lot of companies out there looking for a slice of that seven billion pounds and she's in there 22 year old grace beverly has launched uh, a business and she's looking to compete with these massive multinational brands for a piece of that action what did you find out about grace apart from that she's really young <laughs> yeah so, yeah so she, yeah so she's really young um and lives a life that this whole influencer thing in fact we, we'll be talking about what that actually is um in in a couple of weeks time because it's it's just very different and as you say i mean i feel very old you know that the idea that um the individual it's the individual first and then the business idea but the thing that i like about her I wasn't expecting her to be who she was um, but the thing I like about her is that the the products that she's making the, the gym wear first of all um, it's athleisure and active wear not athletics athleisure that's a word that I'd never oh that's a didn't new even word know for existed. me yeah. yeah athleisure and active wear but um, the garments are produced and hand finished in Portugal um, to make sure that as much as possible so people are paid a fair wage it's not a sweatshop um, and that the footprint 
of the products is as is, is, is reduced as possible and that they are made from recyclable and um, um, yarns and fibres as, as much as possible. So first of all, um, that that's their mission. And then secondly, they make the leisure wear in larger sizes. Now, I am a, a larger lady. So size four, which is the smaller end, yeah, yeah, up yeah. to a 20. And yeah. also for tall women. Yeah. And so I'm tall and, you know, at the upper end of that size scale. Um, and it's sometimes really difficult to find even just stuff to run in, you know, that, that will actually fit. Um, so that's the second thing. Her, her advertising uses fuller figured models, yeah. not just all the stick thin people that we think are the people that go to the gym. Because let's face it, actually, gyms are mostly filled with people who are trying to reduce their size um, and actually bulking out. And finally, um, all of the items are priced at an affordable level. Yes, yeah, so was one of the things I was reading was the, the challenge she faced with trying to be as sustainable and recycled as she could be without outpricing the young customer yeah. base because um, her, her customer base is young and she really is aiming for products around the 35 to £40 pound mark. And what I read was she, she found that really difficult uh, to be totally recycled. So she's she's had to sort of balance it. Yeah. But but I think that, you know, I mean, I, I, I found myself, I'd gone somewhere and I, I needed to run that day to meet my target. And I'd forgotten to take any running bottoms with me. And I ended up spending about 60 quid on a pair of running bottoms, which to me is like absolute. But that was all that was available in the yeah. quite high profile Cheshire town that I was in. Um but it's not only young people. It's you know, it's totally reasonable for people want to want to get out and yeah. and run. So why why shouldn't they able to be able to find stuff that's affordable? Well, she set up her first co- company when she was still a student um, a couple of years ago. She started BND, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's B underscore N D. Maybe it's a name that you're not supposed to say and you're just supposed to read on social media. I'm not sure. Um, and that was a company that made vegan friendly resistance bands. And apparently she set this up with money she'd made from selling her own workout plans and then from stuff that she'd made from partnering with brands as an Instagram influencer. So she's been having a good go. There's been some criticism of her, you know, sort of she went to a private school. Clearly her parents could afford to send her there. And then, you know, some sneering in in the press about that she had help setting up her business. But I would say, look at any of the people we've profiled over the past two years on this show, and there's a good number of those that had help setting up their businesses. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. As yet, her businesses are unproven, the ones that are limited companies, because uh, there's two listed on uh, Companies House at the moment, Shreddy Limited. That was only incorporated last September. Uh, Grace is the only director and they've not submitted any accounts yet. And Rose Appalachians, that was incorporated last April. Again, one director and no accounts yet. But she's certainly making a splash in the social media world. And uh, good luck to her. I did watch one, a couple of her YouTube videos. And that's what made me feel really old, I have to say. And I did have a quick look at her Twitter account as well. She's got 100,000 and more followers on Twitter. And uh, she's she's a very likable young lady. One of the things, or a couple of the things that make me think that she's actually on the right 
path is that Marks and Spencers have um, have vowed to to make some of their sportswear more affordable. So they're 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 reducing prices yeah. on some of the stuff that they stock. And Nike came under fire, um, I think, sometime last year for using plus size mannequins to display their activewear, and they were absolutely lambasted. But it was, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, why would you put larger people in leisure wear that's not it's counterintuitive it's like no actually it isn't they're the ones you want to wear exactly leisure wear. Yeah. so um so whether i'm not sure if it's chicken and the egg yeah but, but it certainly seems that she's in tune with she's in the right place and nike wouldn't do that on a whim that's based on sound research and she has been recognized with honors and awards so the most recent she was london's young entrepreneur of the year with natwest's great british entrepreneur awards uh, she was also on the sunday times influencer list as the uk's 26th most influential online creator and she was natwest's um, great british entrepreneur awards um, she was in the 20 most exciting entrepreneurs to watch and she's um, one of the 100 influential women and top first-year undergraduate student with the Barclays Future Awards. So, yeah, other people have spotted she might be heading in the right direction. There was an interesting comment I noticed um, where she said that she'd she's a big advocate for mental health and um, she she thinks it's really important to remove the stigma of mental health and she's recognised that she hasn't actually applied that to herself so I don't know what's gone on in the background, but she says it's the nature of being a fairly new business owner. There's always something to do. Yeah, <laughs> Tell us about it. Yeah. And you can't let it get in the way of your well-being. And a, a lot of business owners will know it often does, doesn't it? Um, and she says that actually this year she's going to continue as director of her companies, but she will also be working less. So I'll be interested to see how she manages her work-life balance in that way. So there we have it. 22-year-old Grace Beverly, one to watch. And it's not just us saying it either. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. Join us next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.